Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Now, the thing that I think is challenging is, at the end of this chapter 3, great verses, as you know, God so loved the world and all that. At the end of chapter 3, Nicodemus leaves Jesus unconverted. He doesn't get born again. And we don't see this. Jesus going, whoa, Nick, come on back. Let me see if I can come up with something else. No, he leaves him go. You see, the Holy Spirit is the one that has to deal with people. Becoming a Christ follower makes sense to you now, doesn't it? So why doesn't everyone give their lives to Jesus the first time they hear the gospel? Did you turn your life over to Christ the first time someone shared with you? Probably not. In Pastor Mark's teaching today, you'll hear about people's resistance to the gospel. More importantly, though, you'll hear about how you, as an ambassador for Jesus, should react to people's negative response to hearing the gospel and what you shouldn't do. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. He'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Luke chapter 9 as he continues his message, Follow Jesus, Live Dangerously, Expand Your World. What's the flowering stuff here? Rabbi, we know you're a teacher who has come from God. For no one could perform the miraculous signs you are doing if God were not with him. Now, if I'm human, I'm going to say this after Nicodemus says that. Well, you're right. I'm a pretty good teacher. Yeah, and you're a Jewish person, and you understand how great this is, isn't it? Thanks for coming. What can I do for you, man? Jesus doesn't go for the flattery. Watch what Jesus says. Verse 3. In reply, Jesus declared, Nick, I tell you the truth. No one can see the kingdom of God unless he's born again. Now notice what Jesus did. Jesus doesn't condemn Nicodemus. Jesus knows how to witness to share. Nicodemus is a very religious man. What does Jesus know about religion? Religion is always a dead end. See, the Jews, being religious, thought if they're good enough, they're going to heaven. To a member of the Pharisees, the elite of the elite, member of the Sanhedrin, to the top. Jesus didn't condemn his religion. But he says to him, let me tell you the truth. See, he knows why he's there. Why is he there? 
He doesn't really know that religion's a dead end, but he knows what Jesus has, he wants, but he doesn't know what that is. And Jesus just says to him, Nicodemus, if you want to find fulfillment in life, if you want to go to heaven, one requirement, religion has nothing to do with it. You've got to be born again. Born again simply means born from above. It simply means spiritual. We're all born naturally, but there has to be a spiritual transformation in us. There has to be a day when I ask Jesus Christ. That's all Jesus is saying to him. Nicodemus, if you'll put your faith in me, this spiritual birth will bring spiritual life. He goes on and they banter back and forth. Look down in verse 7. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. Now, the whole chapter talks about Nicodemus not understanding it, going back and forth. We're not there today. My point is this. Number one, Nicodemus knows he doesn't have the answer to life. Do you know how many millions of people are sitting in churches today, and they're going through dead ritual, but they're still empty, lonely, guilty, and afraid of death? You'll talk to people. Are you a Christian? And they'll tell you the denomination. No, I'm Calvary Chapel or I'm Baptist or I'm Catholic or whatever. That's not the question I ask. Here's the question we have to ask. Been born again? Has Jesus Christ come into your life? Have you changed? Do you have the assurance that you're going to heaven? So the next expand you want to write is simply this one. Jesus did it perfectly. Expand your witness. In other words, learn how to share the good news. When people ask you, what do you mean by follow Jesus? You ought to be able to tell them. And the greatest way to witness is not, listen, I think way of the master is good. I think the four spiritual laws are good. I think the Roman road is good. I think the bridge illustration is good. I know them all. You should know them all. But if you follow Jesus, every person he talked to about being born again, he used different terms. He used different ways. Woman at the well. He knows she's got trouble. She's been married five times and living with somebody. He says, you want living water? The rich young ruler comes to him. He doesn't say to the rich young ruler, must be born again. What's he say to the rich young ruler? There's one thing keeping you from following me. It's your money. Get rid of your money. Come and follow me. You see, he knew the heart of the people he was witnessing to. The most powerful witness you have is your own testimony. You ought to be able to say to people in three minutes, here's who I was, and this is what happened to me. My life's changed. Oh, I'm not perfect. But my life, I have peace. When I lay down at night, I know if I don't make it through the night, I'm going to heaven. I have hope. I know that. Because I have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm not talking about religion. I go to Calvary Chapel. I've been to every service. Who cares? It's great that you're coming. But if you've never been born again... You'll never go to heaven. And that's what he says to Nicodemus. Nick, you can be the head of the Sanhedrin. You're brilliant, but you're empty. You need God. Now, the thing that I think is challenging is, at the end of this chapter 3, great verses, as you know, God so loved the world and all that. At the end of chapter 3, Nicodemus leaves Jesus unconverted. He doesn't get born again. And we don't see this. Jesus is going, whoa, Nick, come on back. Let me see if I can come up with something else. No, he leaves him go. You see, the Holy Spirit is the one that has to deal with people. 
So all of a sudden we fast forward to chapter 7 in John and Nicodemus is kind of dealing with some things and he's kind of, well, he's supporting Jesus now, which is strange because the Jews are against Jesus. And then we go maybe a year and a half or two years later, I don't know exact time, but where do we find Nicodemus? We find him at the burial of Jesus. Notice what John 19 says. With him came Nicodemus, the man who had come to Jesus at night, and he brought 75 pounds of perfumed ointment made from myrrh and aloes. What happened? Sometime between Nick at night and Jesus' burial, what happens to Nicodemus? He's born again. John 19, if you look at it, he's called a disciple, a follower of Jesus Christ. So what do I have to do? This is the next expand you need to write. Expand your patience. Becoming a Christ follower, it takes time. We'd like to expect everyone we share with, boom, believer, doesn't happen. It simply takes time. Now, sometimes immediate, but most people, it's a process of coming to Jesus Christ. So don't get discouraged at all. Now look at verse 8. John 3, verse 8. Speaking about being born of the Spirit, Jesus says this. He relates the Holy Spirit to wind. Now the wind blows where it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. Does that sound to you like the hurricane forecast that we know? You can see it. You know it. Nobody has really idea where it's going. I want you to underline the next sentence in your Bible. You'll always remember this. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. The Celtic Christians had a unique name for the Holy Spirit. It's called the wild goose. It hints at the mysterious nature of the Holy Spirit. Jesus calls the Holy Spirit a wind. You don't know where he's going to go, how he's going to lead you, but you're going to see the effects. The Celtics called it the wild goose, kind of like a wild goose chase. Now, don't misunderstand. The Holy Spirit is God. He's not a goose. He's not the wind. He's a person. He's the third person of the Trinity. Listen to Batterson. I cannot think of a better description of what it's like to pursue the Spirit's leading through life than a wild goose chase. I think the Celtic Christians were onto something that institutionalized Christianity has missed out on. And I wonder if we've clipped the wings of the wild goose and settled for something less, much less, than what God originally intended. You see, what is he talking about? Simply this. When Jesus speaks about the Holy Spirit, the third person, the Trinity, like the wind or a wild goose chase, what he says is, you never know where the Holy Spirit God's going to lead us. You never know when he's going to take us from here to Thailand. You never know when he's going to do this or do that. But you'll see the result of it. But you just have to follow him in his leading. Listen to A.W. Tozer. He says it so beautifully. Listen, listen. Before I do, we think of God today too much in our terms. We bring God down to our level. And we kind of think of God as a super Mark Balmer or a super you. He's a notch above us. No, he's not a human. He's God. 
And we have a hard time thinking about him because, and that's why we do it. We bring him down. But listen to A.W. Tozer. He says, when we think about God in human terms, we are left with a God who can never surprise us, never overwhelm us, and never astonish us. You see, we shrink God. Well, God can't do that, and God can't do this. No, look back at the verse. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. What's Jesus saying? Like the wind, the Holy Spirit can't be controlled. I don't really understand it. He has his own way of working in the life of every single Christ follower. And so Jesus says, when I follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, there's going to be a sense of uncertainty. Yet there will always be an unmistakable and undeniable evidence that's the Holy Spirit leading my life. It will always be there. My lifestyle will be fresh, exciting, and really somewhat dangerous. In your life and my life, that's the way it is. Write this next statement down. I think it's very important. As I follow the Holy Spirit, the wild goose chase, what's going to happen in me? Well, it's going to expand my expectations. Let the Holy Spirit surprise you. How do I do that? I step out of my comfort zone and I expand my expectations. Don't bring God down to your level. Well, God, you can't do this and you can't do that and you can't do this. You can't even think about what God can do. Nothing's impossible with God. And so this wild goose, that's what this whole book's about, it's just following the Holy Spirit. Who would have thought two years ago while Bobby and Katie are in college, who would have ever thought that after they got out of college, they'd be in Thailand? Serge is here. He's one of our missionaries in Haiti. Great church there. Pastor Rick was with me for 10 years in this church as a youth pastor. Where is he now? He's in Peru. And it's not just about being in Peru. It's not about being in Thailand. It's not about being over here. It's being where God leads you on this wild goose chase. You don't know where he's going to lead you, but it's so exciting because it expands you and life has meaning. We're getting ready to start Sebastian. We don't know what'll happen. Well, Pastor Mark, what if it fails? It's okay. We'll start something else as the Holy Spirit leads. I'm not perfect. Are you? So why be afraid? You see, if I step out of my comfort zone, the Holy Spirit, the wild goose, he'll lead me to places I've never been. He'll have me interact with people I've never met. And I'll do ministry that I've never imagined. You have the Holy Spirit in you. Be ready. Who knows? An Italian restaurant, wherever. God will change you. Listen to this. My family went to the park on Saturday to play basketball, and we were approached by a little boy, somebody from this church. This lady's writing. He asked if he could join our family, and I noticed he had a Lyme bracelet on. So I said to him, what does your bracelet say? He says, it says, make a difference. Then I said, mine says, follow Jesus, live dangerously. Then he asked me, what does it mean to live dangerously. Praise God for an open door. It's as simple as that. That's in Wickham Park. That's not Thailand. People want to know. They're searching. Now turn with me to Acts chapter 8. Let me share you what happens. Let's go back to the beginning of the book of Acts. Jesus dies. He's resurrected. He comes to his disciples and he says this, I want you to be filled with the Spirit and I want you to start 
expanding the world in Jerusalem. Start in Jerusalem. You got me? Jerusalem. Then he says, I want you to go outside of Jerusalem. You're going to have to enlarge it. You're going to have to go to Judea, and you're going to have to Samaria. It's other parts of Israel, like start in Brevard County, then go to Orange County, then go to Mississippi, then go to California, and then go over the world. So he says, start in Jerusalem, and then keep going out until you reach the whole world with the message of Jesus Christ, because Jesus Christ died for the whole world. Well, the disciples did that. The church boomed. There was thousands and thousands of believers in Jerusalem. And we go in a period of time, and all of a sudden we discover this. The Jews are in Jerusalem, these Jewish Christians, and they're very comfortable in Jerusalem. They're not leaving. They're just enjoying Jerusalem. Well, they're not obeying God. Well, how is God going to get them out of Jerusalem? He's interested in the world. We pick it up, verse 1. And Saul was there giving approval to his death. On that day, what does God send? A great persecution broke out against the church at Jerusalem. At Jerusalem. God allows persecution to come. What's the result of it? And all except the apostles were what? Scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. God says, if you won't obey me, watch. And he stirs up persecution. And all these Christians, common people like you and me, they have to scatter everywhere. Look at verse 4. And those who had been scattered preached the word everywhere they went. You see, while fleeing from persecution, they had enough of God in them. Okay, I guess God wants us to share the gospel. And that's exactly what they did. Now, one of the people that was scattered was a man named Philip. Look at verse 5. And Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed Christ there. Philip, if you back forward a little bit, Philip was simply a servant in Jerusalem. In Jerusalem, he served tables. It would be like he, he was a first impression person, a parking lot person, somebody, an, an usher. That's what Philip did. And all of a sudden, he's kicked out. God says, get out of Jerusalem. And he ends up in Samaria. And God begins to change his job description. He's going to preach. He's going to heal. He's going to cast out demons. Now, would you say Philip's outside his comfort zone? Yes. I think Fabi Philip... I don't know how God told him to do this, but I think here's what Philip kind of said. God, isn't it enough to be in a city I don't know? Samaria, people I've never seen before. I'm, I, and now you're asking me to cast out demons and to preach publicly? I don't preach publicly. I serve tables. You got the wrong guy. God, I'm uncomfortable. Please don't make me do this. You say, well, Philip wouldn't ask God and talk to God like that. It's exactly what some of you are saying to God. Well, I know you're calling me to be dangerous, but God, like my neighbor, not me. No, you. What excuses do you have for God? Too young? Too old? Too new a Christian? Lay him on, God. He doesn't care. God doesn't give in to his excuses. Look what happens. You got to write this down. Expand your faith. Shrink your excuses. Shrink them. Today, we use another terminology. Stuff it. Pretty spiritual, huh? You got it, didn't you? Stuff your excuses. Pastor Mike, that can't be me. Yes, it can be you. Just stuff it. Philip obeyed the Holy Spirit. He obeyed the wild goose of heaven. 
And what happened? He lived dangerously. Look what began to happen. Verse 6. And when the crowds heard Philip and saw the miraculous signs he did. So Philip's out there. He's preaching. He's teaching. He's not setting tables. And they all paid close attention to what he said. And with shrieks, evil spirits came out of many. And many paralytics and cripples were healed. So there was, say it with me. So there was great joy. Say it with me. Great joy in that city. Why? God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, touched the life of Philip. As a result, Philip's life was what? Expanded. The kingdom of God was expanded. No longer just in Jerusalem. Now in Samaria. And there was great joy. How about in Brevard County? Take a look at this verse. We're going to say it together. You said, Pastor Mark, do you really think there should be great joy in Brevard County? Yes, there should be. This is where we live. How's it going to get there? It's with this. Guys, it's time to get out of your comfort zone. It's time to ask the wild goose of heaven to direct you. It's time to step out and say, God, use me. Help me to be a man and a woman of faith so I can change. Guys, it's time to see that people are plummeting to hell and we're the only ones that have the good news. The good news is Jesus Christ. It's nothing about Calvary Chapel. It's nothing about you. God so loved the world that he sent his son to die for the world. He who has the son has life. He who does not, does not have life. The fields, guys, in Brevard County are white to harvest. Quit getting comfortable. Pray. Fast. See what God's going to do. Say it with me. So there was great joy in Brevard County. Why? Get your hands out. Get your hands out. Why? Because God is going to what? Expand us. And he's going to stretch us. The wild goose of heaven is going to change you. Every single one of you. Amen? Amen. Signs will follow. We'll see that in the teaching. But there's one more thing I want to do. I don't want anybody leaving. Jesus said it. He said this, I tell you the truth, no one will see the kingdom of God. No one will go to heaven unless he or she is born again. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever been born again? You see, if you haven't, here's the percentage chance you have of going to heaven. Zero. That should concern you. Jesus said to one of the most religious men in the world ever, unless you're born again, you will never, ever go to heaven. See, religion won't work. You can't earn it. You can't be good enough. Pastor Mark, I'm a Hindu. I think that'll do it. No, it won't. Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. It was true then. It's true today. In Pastor Mark's teaching today, you found out how Jesus wasn't affected by people's attempts to flatter him. You learned that he was always focused on doing what God had sent him here to do. Pastor Mark talked about the attitude that you should have when you're telling people about Jesus and what your expectations should be when you're doing so. Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. We have multiple campuses to reach those living in Melbourne, Sebastian and Vieira. All campuses meet each weekend and on Wednesdays to spend time collectively raising our voices in worship to our Most High God and studying the truth and blessings found in His Word. 
For more information, directions, and service times, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on the church link at the bottom of the page. This wraps up Pastor Mark's teaching, Follow Jesus, Live Dangerously, Expand Your World. Next time, he'll begin a new message, Follow Jesus, Live Dangerously, today. You'll learn how to live your life faithfully as a Christ follower every day. You'll find out about the importance of enduring, of pushing through the challenges of life to be a faithful Christian. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series, Follow Jesus, Live Dangerously. That's next time on Lessons for Living. in a herd